0: Hello and welcome to the Wrestling Headlines AEW review. My name is Matt Mayer, AKA Imp. There's a massive lag in the studio, so that's always a great sign to see. As a plane goes overhead as well, it's all going off at once. Uh, my name is Matt Mayer, AKA Imp. and We're going through AEW Dynamite review ahead of full gear this Saturday, which it's looking like I'm not going to be able to uh, to cover my my luck with AEW pay-per-views in terms of like family things happening the week of a pay-per-view. It's uh, been pretty bad luck, but obviously serious enough. I'm calling it. Family comes first. So, but anyway, we can talk about this. <laughs> we talk about Hangman versus Omega with an, a fantastic uh, contract signing. It's I've seen a few people float the idea of Was that the best contract signing that AEW have ever done? As I questioned if my mic's definitely getting it. <laughs> yeah, is that the best? Is that the best contract signing that has been? I was gonna, one of the best ones investing, and I was just like. I mean, it served its purpose really well and set up the match absolutely perfectly, fell off the momentum of the rest of the show perfectly. Was it the best contract signing ever? Didn't need to be. Like, for me, it 100% fits in. You know, with those NXT ones, we just come out feeling absolutely hyped for the show after one of those NXT contract signings. This was in that vein. It's It did absolutely solidly did what it needed to. So I'm more, <laughs> more than happy with the way that this contract signing went ahead. It's got me hyped for full gear. And I can't ask for more. But, so was it the greatest contract signing ever? Doesn't need to be. It's fine. It doesn't need to be. However, in terms of setting up full gear this Saturday, absolutely fantastic job. Is this the time? (laughs) Is this the moment we caught it with Hangman? Does Hangman go on to win the AEW Championship at full gear? Yeah, surely. (laughs) Surely. This is... This is a new bar to test for AEW, where it's been two years and we just question, we just question it. Is this the moment that AEW fulfill on like two years of build? Two, or three, they've been calling it three years if you count in before Dynamite. Like it's been that long a time. Do they call it? <laughs> do they go like this is the moment we're gonna have Hangman win after all these two years of build? Is this the moment to do it? The answer might be yes. <laughs> we'll find out. Find out. It'd be awesome to see that. And it's it's really just a question of, will they definitely go ahead with it? It's it's a new company. It's still, we're, we're in an early period. And until they start to fulfill on the long promises, they, they promise they will be giving us. Yeah, awesome. And we've seen them feed off it, which is uh, number one, a positive number one, is <laughs> them feeding off of those long-term storylines and bringing stuff up from years ago. And bringing that into the storyline, I saw it massively within this. Just the references to Omega's history with Ibushi, to their direct uh, the match they directly had with each other at Full Gear last year, and using that as their thing to build up to. It's like, ah, oh, yeah, good stuff. <laughs> good stuff. So, is this the moment, though? I want to say yes. I want to say yes. I feel like I've got to. Again, feeding off so much history, off of Hangman's personal journey, off of Omega's own insecurities over Ibushi. It's like, oh, it's all brought up really, really well. And Omega, as the champion, just putting that little bit of a dick. <laughs> There's that little line just going off it. And uh, and one little detail that I want to pick up on, where throughout the segment, I was like, oh, this is, this is a bit of a shame. Because I don't know if it's, because they just don't do these kind of segments, but the cameraman kept stepping into shot, and I was just like, oh, this is slightly irritating, where this cameraman is just appearing in the shot, and just ending up in that shot. I was like, oh, this that's disappointing that that's happening. But then, it turns out that that was on purpose. Because the cameraman is like, oh, this is irritating, this cameraman gets getting on shot. Yeah, turns out it's because it's not a cameraman, it's Don Callis. <laughs> disguised as a cameraman. And that little in-world thing For it was he was an inexperienced cameraman and kept getting in the shot because he wasn't a cameraman. <laughs> he was a wrestling personality in disguise. Like, oh that was so good. The the way that that paid off, like for those of us who were getting annoyed at the cameraman, it was on purpose. You know the cameraman is in the ring because he kept <laughs> getting in the way. It's like, oh that's really smart stuff. That is looking at the of the knowing your audit knowing your world, sorry knowing your shot, what what might accidentally get in there and ruin the shot and that sort of thing. And that comes from like good directing as well. What's <laughs> the idea? It's like, oh, it's really strong around. <laughs> and the fact, my favourite part of the entire thing it's not just Don Callis. It's Don Callis seemingly in Randy Orton disguise. He's <laughs> got the goatee and he, he rips off the evil goatee to go, ha oh, ha, it was just me all along. How did you know? <laughs> like, oh, I loved it. But it's just that fact that Don, and it's, it's added a little wrestling inside a joke bonus, where it turns out the guy who attacked out of nowhere in disguise as a cameraman was disguised as Randy Orton a bit <laughs> the goatee, <laughs> really made me laugh uh, anyway, Don Callis then attacks Cameron Page with the camera and he's left bleeding as Omega signs the contract in Page's blood, it's like, oh, so good Page uh, did it earlier and then spoke his word, spoke his piece and uh, Yep, it's so damn great. This is a fantastic setup for Callous in Disguise. <laughs> where I spent the best of the segment just like, oh, it's, oh it's, it's, this is really good stuff. It's just a shame that this cameraman keeps getting into shots. Can't get the production right. No, the production was on point. It was on purpose. <laughs> it's like, oh, I like that. Really did like that. And yeah, Kenny s- signing it with the man's blood after he got lamped with the camera. It's like, oh, that's such a good setup for full gear, where you've got this history with Omega and uh, Hangman feeding that off of Full Gear last year for the tag team with the whole elite. And this is the moment. This is what Dynamite... Kenny Omega said it. He said, this was all designed for you before quickly, quickly dropping the point. <laughs> Don't want to hype him up too much. Don't want him too fired up. But yeah, it's like that first... That, not, not first of Dynamite, but that first time where they're crowning the first AEW champion and Hangman Page losers to Chris Jericho, losers all... Of his confidence, and just falls down, and then slowly over time, he falls into the anxious millennial cowboy, and becomes that incredible character. For me, it's an incredible babyface character for the modern day. Like he's—he's he's not an over-the-top superhero of almost invincibility, like John Cena was. He's not this badass who's going up against authority with uh, with anger and contempt, like Steve Austin was. He's—he's he's like he's a guy for the generation. Getting over his own mental struggles, over his own um, anxiety, and using that to propel himself high up the card. Oh, <laughs> it's it's so good, so good. And it's that moment where the this is the show where AEW fulfil on these promises. And if we've kind of seen it, we've seen the setup. For me, this episode was telling us just like previous episodes. I think they had Eddie Kingston or somebody just came out. It might, might have been a completely different segment. But somebody just came out and just said, and it was Cutie Marshall, that was bloody it. Cutie Marshall came out on a dynamite before CM Punk and just said, unlike other companies, we fulfill on our promises. Just to let us know, CM Punk's definitely coming, guys. <laughs> he was doing that. But then we get to this with Hangman. This episode felt like the same thing. It was this episode just telling us, Hangman is winning. It's fine. You don't have to stress. <laughs> it's okay. Hangman is actually winning. And yeah, yeah, that's what this episode felt like to me. It's what this segment was. It was just confirming to us. By the way, we know we've been told telling this story over the course of how many uh, how many years it's been. This is the moment we're going to pay it off. That's what it's felt like to me. As is this a time? Yeah, because they set it up to be. That said, <laughs> that also in the wrestling world there are massive examples of a company purposefully setting that up because they're going to pull the rug out from under us. And, like, an absolutely fantastic example is Naito. I've said it quite a few times when I've had a guest on the show. Unfortunately, with my kind of world up in the air right now because of family issues, I wasn't able to book a guest because there was a massive chance this show I would have had to cancel it just because of a uh, scenario. But the thing I've up with a lot of guests is are they going to Naito us? <laughs> yeah, my page. What I mean by that, if you don't know anything about Tetsuya Naito and his arc in New Japan uh, over this past decade, he had his first loss on the big stage, which is White Mirror's Hangman he had his first massive loss then, he spent four years climbing back, becoming an absolutely massively overstar to the point where they are chanting his name in an absolutely incredible atmosphere at Wrestle Kingdom, it's been four years since that last time, and now he's an incredibly over guy, with a stable of lads behind him, and in the main event, they they go over 30 minutes, I can't remember how long it was but it was a long main event then in trying to prove that he didn't make that many errors in the past that past version of himself can succeed in trying to show that he lost the match his old finisher where he used to hit the phoenix splash and then he was like trust me i didn't fail just like his own self-confidence to show that he didn't fail that whole era didn't fail and then he, the move lost in the match it's like, oh, it was so good. <laughs> it was so good. Specifically because they used the kind of mental games from the past. as that something that he had not overcome and that cost him the match? Which is where you measure it here. What is there left for Hangman to overcome? In the Naito arc, they'd left that. It was something that had happened. The issue here is they haven't brought up anything in terms of like from the previous match with Omega. So has Hangman learned anything from that last defeat to Kenny? And... I kind of feel like this is more showing that he has overcome the mental games Omega was playing with him because so I love that statement of uh, when he was just saying that no you were when he said to me like good job kid that's because you were afraid of me you didn't want me to experience a big failure so, would, so that could light a fire underneath me and so I would come for you in your title because you know how good I am and it's like oh that's the mental hurdle. He's overcome it. <laughs> fantastic. It was like start of the promo, that, and it just sold it to me. And the rest of it was kind of rebuttal to Kenny Omega says something and yeah, um, Kenny, and then the hangman's just like, well, if I'm not wrong, you've also got a former tag team partner that you feel like you can't compare to. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's so good. <laughs> so good. It, yeah. Thumbs up all around. It's, for me, this was a fantastic job in setting up Hangman to win, telling, showing us he's overcome the hurdles uh, in verbal form and then he gets to see it in physical form on Saturday. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Personally, really looking forward to uh, their match at Full Gear. With that all said, they could knight to us, but I feel like this segment specifically was letting us know that they're not. They were showing all the mental hurdles he has come over and they brought them up and then he showed why he was over that hurdle. Uh, the only thing, and different this time, was Don Callis. The numbers game. That's the only thing. But that could be an amazing setup for Dark Order running to save the day. Uh, and of course, the celebration with Hangman on their shoulders. It could be for that as well. And not having him with any Dark Order people this week just puts it to the back of your mind a little bit. So you're not as expecting it. Uh, it wouldn't be surprising. You would expect Kenny Omega in his final defence to pull out all of the stops. And for one one bit after another, Hangman bests him. Hangman shows he's better. Yeah, can't wait, can't wait. It's turning to a bit for addictions. <laughs> but that is just, that's how I feel about it. That's how excited I am. As I show, you can't put Imp in a spinny chair, he will spin. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, uh, that's, that's my view on it. I felt like this segment was specifically telling us they're not going to nigh to us. <laughs> that's what it felt like to me. Uh, yeah, tell me what you think, but that's personally the way I think it's going anyway I'm now going to go through the rest of this great wrestling show uh in order of stuff um trying to get th- my, my experience this review a bit quickly because there is a chance of getting called away at any moment <laughs> so just to make sure I actually finish the review uh, I'm gonna blast on to the next bit so the AEW Dynamite November 10th 2021 review Kicked off in amazing style. As we have to say, it's capped off in the, the perfect final stop hype for Full Gear. Uh, of course, we've got Rampage now, but as a show overall, really, really good job of doing it. But kicked off with Brian Danielson versus Rocky Romero in a match that was, commentary wise, it was massively about the gradual integrating of New Japan Pro Wrestling canon <laughs> just into the AEW product. Just. Baby steps at a time. This week, this week introduced to Chaos. It's a little stable run by a man they name dropped multiple times throughout the the match. Kazuchika Okada. JR put him over as one of the best top five wrestlers in the world today. Massively putting him over. And just saying what an honour it should be for the best friends who were most... I mean, but Tripp Taylor was already in Chaos (laughs) with Rocky Romero. Uh, If you've done it in the past, Rocky Romero... Was in a tag team with uh, Trent, and then he, the Rapungi theme is when he managed Rapungi 3K in Chaos as well. So Rocky's got a quite a strong link to Chaos. So do the best friends, and this was kind of putting it over, over of well, just so you know, all of these people, Rocky's now asked Kazu, <laughs> and they're all in Chaos. They're all they're all officially in Chaos now. Proof. Orange Cassidy's got a little chaos towel tucked into his pocket, and that's the most he's gonna do to show that he's in chaos, which is, (laughs) or it's it's pure Orange Cassidy fashion, so it works. If you want to do a half kind of integration, Orange Cassidy's a perfect person because it's the he puts so much effort into finding a way to half arse it. (laughs) It's great stuff. And uh, so Sam hit me up. uh, Sam, yeah, Sam Brown hit me up on Twitter just just saying, "It's like yeah." uh, they're in a stable together now, <laughs> so uh, that's great. <laughs> awesome, cannot wait, cannot wait. Uh, when I say they, Orange Cassidy and Yano, I've got to realise it's jumped over that bit. <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, Chuck Taylor and Trent, when they were in New Japan, were in chaos with Rocky. And they would often tag together, to the fact that they're saying "Oh, best friends are in chaos, that's more... to say This is a reminder for the new audience, Chuck Taylor was already in chaos, but that's fine, it's fine, it's fine. He's already friends with Rocky. It's all right. <laughs> the main thing is, the new audience knows that, oh, they're in, they're in this uh, group now in Japan and they keep name dropping Kazuchika Okada and they're officially in a stable from New Japan. That's interesting. It's one of mine. <laughs> in terms of the slow little kind of integration of New Japan into AEW, this is quite a big step done very casually and very under the ra- I say very under the radar. They banged on about it constantly in this match. However, in terms of the amount of stuff that happened on this show, it's so far down the list of stuff. It's like, uh, that thing where AW is like, oh, we might be uh, just educating you just getting you ready for a certain thing that might happen. Twitter runs with it, <laughs> obviously. When you come out of the show, when I'm thinking, what do I title this? You've got, of undisputed era in a, are they going to do undisputed era versus elite feud. Are you going to, are you Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega? That massive deal. Same Punk, Eddie Kingston blowing up. <laughs> there's so many things. Bryan Danielson, Miro, who's going to win that? There's there's a lot happening. A lot happening. Super Team, Andrade and Malachi. <laughs> there's so much going on. So that yeah, it's 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 all it's awesome to see the amount of stuff. And something like this can fall under the radar. Well, I didn't even consider it as a title. So that is. Did they just set up Okada arriving at AEW by bringing his stable onto the show? <laughs> just informing you about his stable to put him over? So, I think they did. <laughs> Which is, uh, I'm not saying it's happening right now. I'm not saying it's going to happen at full gear. Kazu is in the country. Kazu is in the States. <laughs> it's, it's, oh dear. He is. Oh, I know he's in Florida, is he? Oh, I, can't, I think he's in Florida. I can't remember where the show is for in New Japan. But still, he's in the country. As far as people saying that, it's possible. It could show up, <laughs> it could show up. Um, come on, because Full Gear in Minneapolis. I can't remember where the New Japan show is. I want to say close, it could even be Minneapolis for all I know. Uh, but yeah, Kazu's in the country. Do they have him appear at Full Gear? Or maybe even Dynamite just a week after? Well, I'd, be, I'd like to. <laughs> They've set it up on this week's show. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's later, really. Unless there's a big Wrestle Kingdom match in store, which they're going to set up on AEW. Like Danielson and Okada. <laughs> Just as a little example. <laughs> I don't really know uh, what they're going to do with that. But yeah, yeah exciting, exciting. Anyway, the match itself between Rocky and Danielson. Uh, Danielson opening Dynamite Wind style once again. Yeah, yet another Wrestleman gets a strong TV showcase against the Dragon. Opening the show with solid wrestling. What a concept for a wrestling show. (laughs) If anything, it's too Maverick. (laughs) Rocky seemingly giving Danielson his strongest competition in ground submission game to date in AEW, but in the end catching Romero's sliced bread attempt and gently placing him down for some vicious stomps into the little bell lock before transitioning into a tequila sunrise for Rocky to immediately tap. A really strong opening match, and uh, yeah, that that seems to be the run for AEW Dynamite so far. Is you kick off with a match that gets with a strong wrestling match. It's a, it doesn't always have to be high flying crazy, which seemed to be like the f- the first two years of A W seemed to be grab your attention with something um, that would do so immediately. However, now they feel more comfortable just putting on solid wrestling. Doesn't have to be high paced, super exciting. For example, what came later in the show, you could have easily and I could see A W easily doing it in the past, where they would have had. The Matt Seidel, Leo Roche, Dante Martin, Lee Moriarty have that match open the show because it's so white hot paced. Uh, instead, they went with the solid wrestling. Have that lightning quick one in the middle of the show so the momentum never dies. <laughs> a, that's what I felt about this show: just one segment after the other, and I'm like, this isn't this isn't the pay per view. This is the show before it. <laughs> like, and it, the crowd is that white hot for the show that isn't the pay per view. What a what a fantastic world to be living in where I finally have a wrestling promotion that does that. Like, it doesn't spin the wheel and just set up for the pay-view. The show itself is white-hot. So, oh, so good, so good. Uh, moving on to the next thing that is white-hot. Uh, Tony Giovanni with the Inner Circle was what was meant to bloody happen. <laughs> but the lads were attacked from behind during the entrance by the top team. And as the Inner Circle coming out, I'm just like, well, if Tony just interviews them, what are they going to do that's different from the past weeks? This was one of the feuds where I thought it would be perfectly fine just to a video package. They had those already. You had Punk Kingston which got a little bit extra on this show with them showing each other but it was mostly video package sold. You also had the um, what's it we call it? Who was it bloody feuding? Of oh, Danielson Miro were they also MJF uh, versus Darby Allin? Why couldn't we find Darby Allin? <laughs> like they are all, they all got video packages. Kenny Omega and Hammond also got a video package earlier in the show and in doing that, they save a lot of time and continue that hype. They've done all the awesome stuff last week, which is fine. Like and my and I was talking to James Boyd from One Nation Radio last week. It's just, I was just saying that, just that. Yeah, with this, when it comes to next week, I don't need to do a segment. And you give that white-hot moment to a different one, this Air Video Package. That's exactly what they did here. 100% the right idea. So when Inner Circle came out, I was just like, what are they going to do extra? It's gonna, the tone of this is White hot it's amazing reactions, but there is no next step. What do they do? <laughs> and the answer was they don't get to speak, no words from the inner circle, instead, attack from behind, and it's the baddies' turn to speak on the final night before the show. Bound of applause attacking our inner circle boys on the entranceway. Uh, Dos Santos with a kendo stick as the other one, as he called him last week, wields a trash can lid. <laughs> All to Dan Lambert's evil direction. Uh, the man himself setting up a table in the ring with Scorpius Guy to the chance of fad faced dipshit, <laughs> which, is, which is caught on as well. Uh, Men of the Year and Dan Lambert with a three-man power bomb off of Brett's rope, making the promise on the mic that not only are they going to win at full gear, but going to make sure that Dan Lambert pins Jericho. So, oh, And watching the segment, this this feud has incredible heat. <laughs> the heat in this feud is incredible. It just, before, any action the heels do is getting asshole chance. Anything they do, everything is getting this kind of chance. Then you go to the good guys as well. They're getting amazing reactions as if they are the, super, the superheroes of the piece. <laughs> But the, the bad guys are getting incredible heat, drowning booze, asshole chance for whatever they do. The um, inner circle look like amazing guys because of it as well. And, and again, the whole idea to get Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky over his bad guys, it's fair to say it's worked. Wonder how long the heat will last if they don't keep Dan Lambert, but oh boy. <laughs> it has done a miracle for Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Incredible heat, absolutely incredible. Uh, and it would be a really fun match at Full Gear. I'm not expecting it to be five-star classic amazing, but it'll be incredible fun. And that's I feel like that's exactly what we're going to get. It's going to be an incredibly fun match at Full Gear. They've set up for it. They've got that insane heat. Just feed off it. Just feed off the heat. <laughs> Just feed it. Let it shine down on you. That'll oh, be really fun. All right. Moving on to the Women's Championship match, which at Full Gear is the only match I'm not that invested in. Because they've even done it on this show. They've set up the thing I'm more invested in. <laughs> Which is happening, assumably, at Revolution. It's Britt Baker and Rebel and Jamie Hater versus Tay, Tay Conti, Anna Jay and Thunder Rosa. Uh, Tay Jay Thunder Rosa. A wee bit of a multi-woman tag action mayhem on this go-home dynamite. The loudest pops for Rosa. We all know where the money is. It's they're giving Tay Conti this, or Take Conti this, awesome spotlight at full gear, which he gets his moment to shine, Uh, Tony Khan putting her over in the media call as one of the most improved wrestlers in the world and He he then gets to show it on pay-per-view. Tony Khan has a lot of faith in Conti And he's given her the platform the chance to show it We'll see. We'll see where it goes (laughs) I think the match will be solid. They've just not done that well to get me invested in it And you watch Dynamite and you go by the crowd reactions and everything in the matches themselves um, they're setting up Baker Thunder Rosa with a, a bit more momentum. <laughs> like coming out of this show, I, they didn't do that good a job of getting me excited for Baker versus Conti specifically. i was excited for Baker versus Rosa, Rosa versus Hater, <laughs> but I wasn't that excited in Conti Baker. And that seems to be a running theme. They've not done that well in getting me hyped for this specific match at Full Gear. They get me, they're doing a much better job with the division as a whole, the TVS Championship as well, giving a bit more depth to the division that is badly needed. And it's that bit's fine. And the world outside of the single match is fine. It's just I'm not that excited for the match. Aside from the thing we've often said with WWE, where ah, the build's been crap, but the match will be good. That's pretty much where I am with this. It's like, yeah, the build's been eh. It's, it's not amazing. But I'm expecting a strong match, <laughs> so uh, I'm not going to complain massively. The match will be fine. So yeah, yeah, a bit of an effect like that here. I'm not massively into it, but the match will be strong. Anyway, uh, yes, it was a fun little thing. Uh, fire was on our goody side for the match. They reigned momentum ahead of full gear. Uh, Britt stopping herself in the end from getting in the ring to save Rebel from Conti driving the lass's head into the mat. <laughs> so she did that and won. Uh, so yeah, yeah, a fun match in the middle of the show. And this is when I realised the momentum on this show. This next time was when I realised it. The momentum on this show didn't die, especially from this point on. And could argue the women's match was maybe the. It can't, you can't call it a low because it carried the momentum perfectly fine as well this crowd was still hot for it but they were white hot <laughs> for everything after this and to keep that momentum for the rest of the show that's something incredible you know you're, you're on a fantastic run especially creatively when the crowd are this hot for <laughs> so much of the show that they are up for full gear so, this was Jungle Boy getting his little pre full gear showcase against Anthony Bowens, who, from rampage against Danielson to a bout with Jungle Boy on dynamite, Bowens, uh, Bowens rising up. Hey, Caster got his shine last year when that was injured. It's only fair. It's only fair that Anthony Bowens gets his own little shot at singles showcases. And uh, yeah, then we get to Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy growing his jungle beard as he becomes a jungle man. <laughs> With his wee little stubble R We'll see if he's still got it by Saturday. And Maybe he feels more like a jungle man. <laughs> anyway, AW once again gives time to their increasingly impressive young talent in an awesome back and forth here. The crowd read hot as as boy has this has his snare trap locked in for the win. My notes did me in there. <laughs> but They were so loud. There were people standing up shouting. They were so into this match, especially the ending. Really, really strong stuff. And uh, after the bell, Bobby Fish jumps out of the water <laughs> to attack Land <Atlant> Animal Jack, <laughs> Christian and Luchasaurus with the save. But I love the playing on Fishers' friendship elsewhere to explain the attack. I didn't know they'd do it immediately. As soon as it happened, I was just like, awesome, he's attacking somebody feuding with Adam Cole. I don't need any more, but for those that do, because not everybody can, I guess the phrase, I guess it counts as reading film language. <laughs> not everybody can do it. So for everybody else, they just make it abundantly clear. <laughs> this is because of his relationship with Adam Cole. They did a bit way quicker than I thought they would. Backstage, it's the super click all together and Adam Cole introduces Bobby Fish to the Young Bucks and the Young Bucks without saying the words Ring of Honor just look at him and like yeah we've wrestled him, we know who he is <laughs> we've faced him many times <laughs> we know Bobby Fish this man isn't an, isn't an unknown to us we've met him numerous times <laughs> I did like that, Just it's that thing of they introduce a new face to AEW, it's like yeah here's this new guy to the show and the Young Bucks are like yeah we faced him elsewhere <laughs> we have met him <laughs> It's, it's just that thing of they often set up to do a segment of the wrestling-style world building that we're used to, and then just completely smash it, <laughs> which is what this was. It felt like they were setting up a kind of WWE thing, so like, oh, yeah, you looked impressive, kid. and But then they're like, no, the rest of the wrestling world eg- exists. It's just that thing of that idea of if the audience is aware, then so are the wrestlers. So is the world that they live in. It makes no sense for the viewers to have that kind of different thing it's the thing with WWE where there was such a tight universe type thing where, like, where they've been for the last 10 years type of situation <laughs> compared to this where it's like well we know exactly where he's been we saw we, w- we watched it right <laughs> we, wa- we, we did watch Young Bucks versus Red Dragon in Ring of Honor like we didn't make that up <laughs> that did happen the crowd is aware that they've wrestled <laughs> numerous times <laughs> they've wrestled so many times in Japan over the IWGP Junior tag team titles. It's like, they opened so many Wrestle Kingdoms. <laughs> when the Young Bucks said, they like, said, oh, we've, re- we've opened numerous Wrestle Kingdoms. How many have we had? It's just another day of the week to open a vessel Kingdom. Who do you think it was against? <laughs> one of them was Red Dragon. That was one of their repeat co- opponents. So right there with them with those uh, Japan accolades <laughs> is Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, but anyway, I really like that. I really liked it. Bobby Fish jumping in, attacking him. Also, shout out to Denise Salcedo for <laughs> the amazing tweet of uh, the the ocean people versus the land. Let's <laughs> fight! Okay. Yeah, sort of these like tables like that, land versus sea. So yeah, that's that's what I'm gonna do with my if WWE 2K22 has general manager mode, it's land versus sea. <laughs> see how that goes. Uh, anyway. Yeah, really enjoyed it. And Adam Cole hints at Bobby Fish facing Jungle Boy on Rampage, giving the man another tough competition ahead of Full Gear. The Elite just pulling the strings. Just uh, saying to Bobby Fish, like, over here, there is no dispute. This era is the Elite. All the superclicks, can't wait for he said. (laughs) Still. Uh, After that came a great little VTR promo on Hangman Omega. uh, The closing line from Kenny that I don't lose big matches. Hangman you always lose big matches. Just getting into the guy's head, or trying to get into the guy's head, as the end promo showed us how much growth he's had. With an even better promo (laughs) on Punk vs Kingston soon after. The video department earning their money this week, and later that led into us coming back from break to see Punk and Kingston being held apart in the parking lot. And AEW so rarely shows bits like that, that the whole thing feels so special. It's just that, like, yeah, and it doesn't hurt that it's Eddie and Punk sending the animosity. It's <laughs> their fury oozing off of the screen. <laughs> so strong, so strong. Speaking of fury oozing off, that was a very good tangent. <laughs> like, that was a very good link. Uh, Wheeler Utah with Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy. It's the Chaos Boys versus Wardlow. Yeah, Wheeler's not going to be dealing much in this match. <laughs> War- Big boy Wardlow out here to serve his message of beef. But don't you worry, it leads into something fire and fantastic. Uh, oh no that was later. I Spoiled to myself there. Uh, yeah. Power bomb after power bomb after power bomb to clap walk, applause from the audience. <laughs> the rising knee strike from the corner to end the beating. Complete destruction on behalf of Pinnacle's muscle. Message sent. Great squash. Before and, and Wardlo walks off looking like an absolute beast. After that, the Hardley family office, pick up the scraps. They feed on those scraps. Uh, jumping in for an attack after weeks of Hardy just watching Orange Cassidy from ringside. Just pointing at him and saying stuff after the uh, ladder match. There's been no direct interaction. There's just been in a match. Hardy's just shown he's been there and shouted at him. That's about it. Then <laughs> it's been a month of that and finally he jumps in here. A twist of fate with a chair wrapped around the neck to end Hardy's own message. Just Yeah, pretty strong stuff. This, uh, it's, it's one of those feuds that I'm not massively into and it's sort of like oh this is still going alright but I appreciate that they essentially took a month off <laughs> they had like for, for Orange Cassidy to wrestle in the uh, tournament for the AW Championship and one contender spot for him to be in there that meant that they could have Matt Hardy just about but they're not directly facing each other which means you can prolong the feud a little bit rather than if they'd faced each other on any of these weeks. So I was like, I don't care about 4Gear. <laughs> but yeah, it's fine. It's fine. We can have a little bit of fun. A little bit of fun with it. Speaking of fun, that then leads into Leo Rush and Dante Martin versus Matt Sidell and Lee Moriarty. And these four men absolutely killed it. Possibly match of the night. Alright, no, what follows after this is Match of the Night. <laughs> Just to show how strong this show is. Me debating which back-to-back, ma- which back-to-back match was the best. <laughs> strong stuff. Yeah, Russia's first AEW match since appearing as the Joker in the Casino Battle Royal back at Double or Nothing five months ago. What a surprise this was for me. Like, I mean, the guys involved were always promising, but I really wasn't expecting the amount of time it got to play out. Fast-paced is an understatement. <laughs> All four of them uh, got the moments to shine. The quality of lightning agility on display was incredible. Uh, Seidel and Rush just—they did teasers and little uh, the, little shows in this match. But that is such an amazing pairing for AEW to just have in the pocket, just be leaving in the bag for now. Just like, oh dear, do you want to see Rush and Seidel in a singles match? Do, do you want? Do you want to see it <laughs> after this match? Yes, <laughs> yes, I do. In fact. All four lads came out looking amazing, each with their momentum to shine and display what they can do. Martin with the win, after Leo sent Mariotti loopy with a spin kick for Dante to double springboard moonsault onto the man. Yeah, really, really good match. And I'm debating if it's match of the night because of how much I enjoyed both of these matches back to back. I'm about to go into the second one. Such good stuff. (laughs) Really, really strong um, showing from these guys and these this was the quick little i uh, got little segments building it up back little backstage bits that i'm not massively there's like always feeding off a lot of history on dark and elevation which i don't watch i just don't have the time really <laughs> it's like uh it's fine it's fine then the match actually happens bloody hell <laughs> amazing stuff <laughs> really strong uh, so yeah i can't afford this match anymore that it would be matched to the night any other week. I say that's AW, there's normally something grabbing my attention. And I'm not even considering Danielson and Rocky because these two were so good <laughs> for me. Uh, but yeah, this was your fast paced, incredible like like a tag opener in the middle of the show with insane momentum, the crowd going crazy. Af- this, is, this is not long after they were standing up on their feet, going white hot crazy for the Jungle Boy finish. Doing the same throughout this match. Then we get to Dax Harwood versus Pac the final setup before the Lucha Bros vs FTR for the tag titles at full gear. And uh I've seen Dax Harwood wrestle singles twice now, and he's bloody impressed both times. This was like a damn physical contest. Pack drawing blood with a chop so vicious, one hell of a sheer avalanche brain buster leaving Harwood fighting up from out of it in the for the final stretch. Uh, Tully wisely reading the situation and getting directly involved to help his man. But that bloody bastard just wouldn't give up. Uh, Brainbuster? Nope. Rebound Ligabon, Nope. <laughs> just a reminder that Pack is a top lad in this company. Staying in it after Harwood and uh, just gives everything to this match. Even uh, Tully's interferences aren't doing it. Uh, Dax's uppercuts caught into a roll-up and transitioned into an immediate submission win. So good, <laughs> really, really strong match, and the aftermath just carried the hype. And uh, for me, this was match of the night. The back and forth these two had was fun. I've summed it up pretty smallly, but the the best description I've seen somebody use online on Twitter was that it was a 12 minute match that felt like 20 in the best way possible because the amount of stuff they put in there, the amount they got in, it felt like a classic, and it felt like an instant 20 minute classic, but they did it in 12. But that is so impressive. It's <laughs> so impressive. I, if that doesn't speak highly enough of how great this match was, yeah, they made a 12-minute match feel like it was packed to the brim with content like a 21 would. Not that it dragged out; felt like it dragged on to 20. No, it had so much content in it, you would have sworn it was 20. <laughs> but no, they got it all within 12 minutes. Just round of applause for both of them. <laughs> like Dax is a great singles wrestler, and... Uh, yeah, and we get to see an awesome match at Full gear FD Officers Lucha Bros. <laughs> it screams. Incredible tag team match. Ah, yeah. Q, the post-match brawl. It doesn't end there. It only gets bigger. Uh, Cash out to save his man. Where, uh, from a beat it from the submission from Pac who just wasn't letting go, lights out Andrade and Malakai to join in the stomping. Then he bloody lets go. Uh, Lucha Bros down to aid de la Muerte uh, to be joined by Cody Rhodes for the hot <laughs> crowd to respond in kind once again. He's like wow. It was well as Cody Rhodes is charging down and you got the he got the first off. you got the amazing reaction of Andrade and Malakai Black after the lights come out. It's the super team. I, don't know. I have no other way to describe them. It's like, it's an odd pairing, but it's an amazing super team. And I like the idea of like MJF just saying, you've got a couple weeks, you've paid for them, they will be of your service for then. And Andrade and Malachi more than happy to aid <laughs> in this way as well. And that calls out Cody Rhodes because Malachi is there. It's like, oh, it was so, it's such a good segment, such hot fire for the faces and fight off the baddies. Like, really, really strong stuff. And that sets up. Uh, such a unique tag team match where at full gear, it will be pack and Cody versus the super team or well, two super teams Really two odd couple super teams. Uh, Andrade and Malakai seem to have some kind of working relationship <laughs> But pack and Cody versus Malakai and Andrade. How will they coexist? <laughs> They've done it But in the best way possible where you're looking at it and go bloody hell. This is a super team. Wow <laughs> How strong is that? But yeah, just after this show, I'm like it's so hard to not feel hyped about full gear uh, for me, I'm like, ah, oh, sucks that I'm really likely not going to be covering the show live, uh, which means for the full year I've been able to do one. And again, it was all out, <laughs> which was an amazing show, and I was so hyped to be whilst covering that. Um, it made I, I was going to bed with the birds chirping early in the morning. It was daylight outside, but it was bloody worth it because <laughs> of how amazing that show was. It's like, ah, oh, it feels like they've got the momentum again. Like the, the momentum since Punk arrived hasn't died for AW. It's just kept on rolling, and this show, yeah, yeah, once again the crowd is incredibly hot for it. And as the crowd, as the commentators are running down the card, in the background, I mean, this was a really wise kind of placement choice. Like early in the show, Excalibur when he's plugging Tony's books, like not sure why I'm plugging it now, but Tony's got his book out <laughs> and they plug that. Whilst here is amazing placement where they're running down the card as the crowd is chanting loudly for the lads still in the ring because it's after the white hot beatdown you got the lucha bros and you got cody and, and pack in the ring and the crowd are chanting for all of those guys after that really hot segment and whilst they are doing that they run down the card so they're running down the card a stacked card we're really like oh so many great matches on this thing and then you re- and then, but whilst they're doing that, there's a white hot crowd behind them re- chanting for the guys in the ring. Code, it sounded like Code, they were quite a few Cody chants, so I wouldn't be surprised if he was the one getting the crowd riled up and chanting. They wouldn't have known that the commentators were running down the card at that point. But it's just that really smart thinking of, well, why don't we do a white hot segment? We have this guy who's really good at getting the crowd to just follow along with him, even if it's just for a minute. They do that as the commentators go through the card. So it feels like a white-hot product as they're going through the card and hy- and hyping the next thing. Don't wait for a lol to hype it. Hype it on the back of a really hot segment. It's like, oh, so good. <laughs> it's, it's, it's basic. It feels like basic stuff, but the fact that they're doing it after us having years and years of just odd production decisions or bad habits just sinking in and nobody there to kind of help erode those bad habits. They just build and build like a cruise ship singer. <laughs> it's just out at sea with no professional presenters coming in and going actually you've picked up a few bad habits there's none of that <laughs> with AW you feel like that, that critique is there it's taken on board, they're improving and changing and over the course of these years have ended up with a really hot product two years later and Full Gear feels like it's going to be one of those incredible shows I can't wait to watch it, I'll probably end up watching it in bits on a Sunday not the best way <laughs> that I want to be watching it but uh, yeah that's the way I'll be lucky to get through all of it on Sunday. (laughs) Because it's going to be four to five hours, including the building. The the (laughs) buy-in, So that's going to be interesting. Uh, But yeah, after that, we got the main event angle for the AEW World Championship contract signing, which I've already spoken about. I've already said that for me felt like, in terms of the main question of this show, because I'm wrapping up now, the main question of the show, is it time for Hangman to beat Omega? And this segment here felt like it was telling me, yes, we are showing you him having overcome all of these hurdles that were in front of him before. All the th- points that Omega brings up. Hangman has jumped over those hurdles. There's only one left. It's quite arguably the biggest but there is only one left. So yeah. Can't wait. Can't wait for it. <laughs> I'm really excited. And the card except the rest of the card is incredibly stacked. And again I said only only. I guess weak. I don't want to call it weak but Conti versus Baker because the build's not got me that hyped but I'm still believe the match will be strong so yeah really strong four gear card really strong uh, but yeah that's the end of that uh, is this the time for Omega's home and head? let me know on uh, in the comments below or also the comments on uh, the wrestling headlines website itself where this is posted. but also you can follow me on twitter at the damn in the cats damn as in damn i've got my twitch there Follow it if you like, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> uh, I'll stream at some point. Uh, also there's uh, for the wrestling headlines, Coffee not forget to put the site itself, but there's Twitter for Russell Headlines, that's Wrestle without an E, and Wrestling Headlines over on Facebook to join that awesome community there as well. So with that, are you looking forward to full gear? What do you think of how, Hangman vs. Omega? Is this the time? Is it just me reading into things? Have I read stuff that maybe you don't think they were actually doing You think another way, let me know. And uh, yes, I... I think i'm back on tuesday for the raw review I just a weird little sidebar with that where i was watching i can't remember which channel i was watching but because I, I watched quite a few wrestling reviewy people <laughs> across uh, across the world i just I have them on the background i was doing stuff so i can't remember which one said it but just raised the point that in terms of raw on these channels like the actual kind of um, engagement on the Raw reviews has absolutely tanked, and I thought, is it just me? Am I doing something wrong with these Raw reviews? And then I found, heard them saying the same things. like, that's interesting, it's just, it's a trackable thing that engagement across the Raw reviews is just down, whilst AEW is absolutely fine like, it's not shifted <laughs> for me, <laughs> for me AEW is as it always is and it's really interesting to see that Raw is just slipping and sliding and falling if I did a Smackdown one, I'd be interested to see if that one was fine. But it's interesting to see that the Raw one is just no interest. <laughs> There's, there is so little momentum for that show. Even with Big E as champion, and doing an interesting-ish storyline with Kevin Owens. It's like, that show is so little momentum. Even, I leave the shows now just like, uh, I mean, I liked Kevin Owens as Big E, but I didn't really care for the rest of it. I'm moaning about WWE I want to say hype and positive for AEW I find that interesting in terms of the future of me definitely continuing to cover the Raw review it's the one I like the least having to do that uh, out of all the things that I do so it's interesting to see that as well that's trackable across the board that overall interest in Raw is falling so maybe that's just a little show of the times that it's not the A show for WWE does it need to be covered anymore do I need to put myself through that hell anymore (laughs) next thing which would mean I'd then have to do the Smackdown reviews on a Saturday, which is awkward. <laughs> but I'll find a way, i find a way. Anyway, with that, I say thank you for watching, liking, engaging in any form, in any manner. Uh, always appreciate it, never taking for granted. Are you looking forward to full gear like I am? Let me know. And with that, I will see you currently on Tuesday for the Raw review, because I can't do full gear, which sucks. <laughs> so with that, I bid with you, click. <laughs> adios, adios.